so Jesus, we declare that you are our all, you are everything. There is nothing in all of creation that does not find itself centered in you. You're the one who has given your very best, you have given your all, and you are the reason why. You are the reason why we offer ourselves, why we give you our hearts, why we give you our lives. And even that is a small offering in comparison to who you are and to what you have given. Lord, we give you our heart, we give you our soul, and we say, Lord, have your way in me, have your way in us. As we look into your word, as we would remember and celebrate your work, Jesus, on the cross, we pray that you would have your way in each of us, and you would have your way in this time, that you, Holy Spirit, would be our teacher, that you would lift up Jesus, and that you would make us more like him. Have your way. Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. And at this time, uh, the children from age five all the way up to sixth grade would be dismissed for children's church with Miss Steph and Abby downstairs in the fellowship hall. And so for parents, grandparents, whoever would be picking children up at the conclusion of the service to head down to the fellowship hall. And uh, there you'll be able to pick your kids up uh, after the service and uh, bless the kids as they go and as they head off to their time. And uh, we here um, gather around our time in the Word, and so I encourage if you have a Bible to open it to the book of John, to John chapter 15, where we have been uh, over the last weeks in the series, Abide in Me. Today, talking about the fruit is the proof from uh, John chapter 15, verses 9 through 17, and also looking at Galatians chapter 5. I invite you to follow along as I would read uh, the section in John, John chapter 15, from verses 9 through 17. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. And if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go And bear fruit, fruit that will last, and then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. And this is my command, love one another. So for Christmas, this past year, Steph got me a membership, six-month membership to a Coffees of the World uh, company. And so every month I would get a bag of coffee um, from a specific area of the country, or of the world, or region of the world, and, and uh, very interesting places, places like this one's from uh, uh, Peru, from the Monte Grande region of Peru, I'm sure all of us know where that is, and uh, Costa Rica, this one's from, from the Chiripo, 
like my little roll of the R. I don't, didn't think I could actually do that, but I just did it. And what's fun about this is every month you would get this bag of coffee, these fresh beans that were um, sustainably and ethically sourced from these farmers in these places of, around the world. And you get to try out these different kinds of coffee all around the world. And uh, at council... Uh, Pastor Spencer Sweeting re- reminded us and talked about, and, and as I'm listening, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I get that, I get that. He talked about uh, how different regions in the soil, as the roots go down into the soil, that different regions have different uh, plants and different things in the soil that will influence the flavor of the coffee. And if you really are a coffee connoisseur, you can taste different flavor notes. And so this one from, from Peru has tasting notes of milk chocolate, caramel, and cream in it without adding anything. And the Costa Rica coffee has oat milk, butter, and graham cracker tasting notes. Now, of course, these are subjective a little bit, you know. But if you, if, you read, if you read these and you begin to look at it, and you're like, mm, yeah, I can, I can taste a little bit of that, and I can taste a little bit of that. And the reason is because what is in the soil goes into the roots, and these flavors begin to come, and they begin to influence the fruit that is produced in that specific fruit of the coffee bean so that the flavors of the ground are able to influence the flavor of the coffee. And so different places of the world will have different tasting notes in the coffee. And what he reminded us is really something I want to jump off of this morning, and that is this main idea for our message this morning. If you have sermon notes, you can uh, fill them in if you would like. They're in the bulletin. Uh, But the main idea is this, that fruit is the proof of what we are abiding in. Fruit is the proof of what we are abiding in. And so just like those roots from those coffee plants would abide in that soil, and would abide in whatever other plants were around and had influenced the soil around it, it was the result of what it was abiding in, the soil was abiding in. So it is with our lives. That what we abide in, what we make our home in, what we live in, will influence the fruit that is produced in our lives. So as we've been in this series on Abide in Me, if you're like me, you may be kind of processing this. I know I process it different because I'm preaching it. You're, you are going to process it different because you're hearing it. But as we're processing it, maybe you are wondering, and, and if you haven't been, it's probably a good time to begin to wonder whether you are abiding in Jesus or not. And the way that we can figure out whether we are abiding in Jesus or not is by taking a look at the fruit that is being produced from our lives, of evaluating the fruit. Specifically, does our lives, do our lives reflect the character of Jesus? Are the works of Jesus flowing from your life? Like, As Jake shared this morning, we've had different people share testimonies. Those are the works of Jesus we're joining. These are evidences, the fruit of abiding in Christ. Or, when you look at the fruit of your life, would you say it's something else than the character and the works of Jesus? Jesus 
And this whole idea of the vine and the branches, it's about intimacy, it's about connection. The Father is the gardener, he's the vine, we are the branches. We can bear fruit, no, no fruit apart from him, but if we abide, if we remain, if we live in him, we will bear much fruit for the Father's glory. And the question is, no matter what, all of us will bear some kind of fruit in our lives. The question is, is it the fruit of Jesus or is it something else? And so this morning, we want to take a look at our fruits. And we want to have Jesus be our example. We want him to be our example of inspiration, direction, and enabling. We're going to look at those three things this morning. Jesus as our example for our inspiration, our direction, and our enabling. So for inspiration first, as we think of this main idea Faith or fruit is the proof of what we're abiding in. Jesus' life as our inspiration. Jesus' life evidences it. He's our inspiration. In verses 9 and 10, and then verses 12 and 13, it says this. As the Father's loved me, so I've loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. You see, the way Jesus lived on earth evidences this main idea of fruit is the proof of what we're abiding in. He's our inspiration to abide. And in those two verses, verses 9 and 10, we see that Jesus, the very Son of God who came to earth, fully God and fully man, that he abided in the Father's love. And the way he abided in the Father's love, verse 10, is by obeying the commands of the Father. Those two things go hand in hand. To abide in the Father's love, Jesus obeyed the commands of the Father. Multiple times when you read the Gospels, you see Jesus going off away from the disciples, away from the crowd, and spending time alone with the Father in prayer, in order to commune with the Father, in order to remain in his love, in order to know what the Father was doing and how to be able to join him. Multiple times you'll read in the Gospels, specifically in John, that Jesus says, I can do nothing on my own. I only do what I see my Father doing. And he says, I will not speak on my own. I only speak what I hear the Father speaking. And so in obedience, Jesus remained in the love of the Father, obeying the commands of the Father, enabling him Verses 12 and 13, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. The ultimate fruit of Jesus' obedience and remaining in the love of the Father was his willingness and his obedience to lay down his life for us on the cross. In a few moments, we will be celebrating communion where we remember the, bo- the body of Christ given for us, the bread as its representation, and the juice as the blood of Christ shed for us. This was the evidence, the fruit of Jesus' remaining, of Jesus' abiding in the Father's love and in obedience to his Father. I had a, a friend in school when I was growing up who's whose father smoked cigarettes a lot. And his, his dad did not want his son to smoke cigarettes. And so I, I can remember there being times when I would be with my friend and his dad would be there and he would have a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and he would say to his son, son and everybody else, don't smoke cigarettes. 
And we'd all kind of look at him and go, oh, what? And then he would say this, boys, do as I say. Can you figure out what's coming next? Not as I do, right? Do as I say, not as I do. And in the moment, you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Do as I say, but not as I do. I look back now, and I understand the power of addiction, and that he really didn't want to do it, but it was one of those things he just couldn't break. But oftentimes we see that. We see people say, now do what I say, don't do what I do. They, they, that what they say and what they do don't line up. But here's the thing about Jesus and why he's our inspiration. And one of the reasons why we worship him is because not only does he tell us to abide in the Father's love and to abide in him, he did it. And he did it with absolute perfection. He remained, he abided in his Father's love as he walked here on earth. And he lived in absolute perfect obedience to his father. And we see the result. We see the fruit of his life. We see his character. We see his work. We see his salvation that he has provided for us. We see that he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We see that he's the one that is worthy of every ounce of worship and adoration and praise that we could ever give. It's the fruit of his life. And it's because... He abided. He abided in his father's love. He abided in the father's commands. And he lived it perfectly. Jesus is our inspiration. His life evidences this main idea. And can you just say that main idea with me together? Fruit. Okay. Maybe we need a countdown. Okay. One, two, three. Ready? Fruit is the proof of what we are abiding in. If you take nothing else away today, that is the thing I want you to take away. Fruit is the proof of what we're abiding in. Jesus' life evidences it. Secondly, the direction. Jesus' life, his commands require it. His commands require us to abide in him if we are going to produce fruit. If fruit is the if, if Fruit is the proof of what we're abiding in. His commands and our obedience to his commands require it. What Jesus taught us gives us direction about what abiding is. His commands require abiding because if we are going to produce character or or fruit consistent with the character of Jesus and the works he does, we have to obey what he says. It's the way he did it, the way we must do it. We must obey as he obeyed the Father's commands. Obeying his commands result in a lot of things in this passage. You'll see this. Remain in my love, verse 10. Remain in my love as I have remained in the Father's love. When we obey his commands, we will remain in his love. Verse 11, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. When we obey the the commands of Jesus and we abide in him, one of the fruit is joy that's going to come out. We will be able to sacrifice and lay our lives down just as Jesus laid down his lives, his life for us. Now, once in a while, I might be able to lay my life down on my own for the sake of others. But to consistently do it of surrendering my rights, of surrendering my will and my desire in in my family, in the relationships that I have, I cannot do that if I am not living an abiding relationship. It's the fruit. It's the proof that I'm abiding if I am doing it. Even verses 14 and 15, you are 
My friends, if you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything I learned from my father I've made known to you in increasing ways when we are abiding in Jesus. There is this amazing reality that we continue to learn, we continue to understand more and more the will of the father, more and more the deeper and deeper things of God but it requires that we obey the commands of Jesus. But they're not optional. To obey is to abide in the love of Christ. Fruit is the proof of what we're abiding in. And Jesus' commands require that we obey them. Recently, my car needed a, some work done as a recall. And so I went in just to get an oil change real quick, and they said, oh, the uh, we need to really do some work on this. It needs, a, it needs certain things to be done on it. And I said, well, can we, can we wait a while? Can I bring it back? And the, the guy said, well, it's not critical, but if you really want to be safe, you need to do it right now. So that's all I needed to hear was, if you, need to be, if you're, if you want to be safe, you got to do it right now. But I had absolutely no time that day. And I said, well, I'd love to, but I can't. He said, I'll send you home with a loaner. So thought, hey, that's great. I'll come back and come back in the morning and I'll get my car all fixed and all that kind of stuff. And so he gave me a brand new car, the loaner car, and it had a keyless entry and keyless ignition fob. Anybody have a car like that? Okay. Some of you are way ahead of me. I still got the, you know, stick the key in the ignition thing. So we're, we're in the midst. I got to get going. He's got stuff. There's people coming in. There's people going, all these kind of things. So he said, just put it in. You push this button. And, and you know, he had already pulled it up. So it's running. And I'm like, all right, I got it. And I go home and I get home and I get about my day doing the rest of the stuff. And the evening comes and we've got something to do. And I've got this car to drive and I get it. And I'm pushing buttons and all kinds of stuff. And I'm just sitting there and nothing is happening. And I'm going, I'm in serious trouble. There is n- I'm not going anywhere. Finally, all the, I remembered a few of the things, and I just kept in various orders, foot brake thing. This, this. Finally, it turned on, and I got it on, and I got to the point of going, that's great, I can go, but I don't really know how I just did that. So I got where I was going. It was a baseball practice for one of the kids. We had baseball practice. We get back in the car, and... <laughs> There I am for another 10 minutes sitting in the parking lot. Push this uh, brake, all this kind of stuff. Finally, it turns on. I'm like, all right. And finally, on like the last time I did, I hit and, and it and it turned on and I went, oh, now I got it. Now I figured it out. The next morning, I did it right away. And it reminded me of something that if you don't do things the way they're meant to be done, it, things don't work, right? You know, that sounds pretty elementary, but we see it in everyday life. If we, don't, if we don't work things, we don't do things the way they were intended to be done, according to the instructions or the commands, they don't bear the fruit that we want. The car doesn't turn on. And it's the same way with our relationship with Jesus and abiding in him. Say that main idea with me again. Fruit is the proof of what we are abiding in. And Jesus' commands and obedience to the commands of Jesus are not like an option for fruit bearing. Fruit bearing is the proof of whether we are abiding and one of the huge pieces of abiding is obedience to the commands of Jesus. 
Fruit is the proof. Obedience is critical. Which leads us to the last thought this morning. We'll spend a few more moments on this one. And that is that in fruit bearing, that fruit is the proof of what we're abiding in. Jesus' life evidence is that his commands to us require obedience to it. But lastly, in this fruit bearing and the proof of what we're abiding in, it will lead us to a place where it's the spirit, Jesus' spirit, that produces that fruit in us. See, the fruit of abiding does not come by my own power or my own enablement. If you've been around, you may have heard me share the example of the one children's church curriculum that was shared with me at former church. Oh, this is the one we want to do. And every single one of the fruit of the Spirit, which we're going to look at in a moment, Galatians 5, was you need to love, and you need to have joy, and you need to have peace, and you need to have patience, and you need to... And it was all about these are the things that you do. None of those things are going to work in the fruit of the Spirit way if I'm doing it. It's not about my enablement, not about my ability. It's about the Holy Spirit's enablement. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is often referred to in Scripture as the Spirit of Jesus. And so abiding in Jesus unleashes the work of the Spirit in our lives. Obedience, obeying living in the love of the Father, living in the love of Jesus is unleashed by the work of the Spirit enabling us to bear fruit. If you're in the book of John, make your way towards the back. You'll come to Acts and then Romans and then two Corinthian letters and then right after 2 Corinthians is a small book First of many small books, Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. And in Galatians chapter 5, from verses 16 through the end of the chapter, we see the fruit of Jesus' character. And we see that it is the result in Jesus as it is in us because he surrendered himself and he was dependent upon, and it was the Spirit of God flowing through him that produced the fruit and produced the works. And it's the same spirit as we abide in Jesus that produces this fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5 also shows us that there's an enemy to abiding in Christ and to the proof that will come in this fruit, the the fruit that will come as proof that we've been abiding. And that enemy is in some translations called the flesh, And in the NIV that I am reading out of, it's called the sinful nature. It's that deep, those deep desires that are opposed to God, are opposed to holiness, are opposed to obedience. Those desires that we know are not right, but we often just say it's easier to do it than to fight against it. Paul calls it the flesh or the sinful nature. And this is where the battle is. This is the enemy. If you look at verses 16 through 18 in Galatians chapter 5, Paul says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature or the desires of the flesh, those desires to do sin. 
For the sinful nature desires what's contrary to the spirit and the spirit what's contrary to the sinful nature or the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you do or what you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. There is an enemy to abiding and the enemy to abiding is our flesh. Now, certainly Satan is an enemy that will try to tempt us and will, will kind of amplify some of the power and some of the desires of the flesh. So he is an enemy externally. The world and all the system that's opposed to Jesus and everything that, that's contrary to the knowledge of Christ and living according to the ways of the kingdom, those are out there and those are an enemy. But our chief enemy to abiding is the flesh. Now for a moment, I, I, I really believe that the Lord's put on my heart that I need to just be pastoral for a minute and speak to something for a moment, okay? That is as much to me as it is to anyone else. And that is that we often point to the enemy to abiding or the enemy to our walking with God as being external as being outside of our lives. But what Paul is saying here is that the enemy to abiding is not first external, it is internal, it's in us. It's our flesh, it's our sinful nature, it's our sinful desires. That is our number one enemy. The things externally may make it harder, but what I have to do and what we have to do is realize that it's me and my fleshly sinful desires that is the number one enemy to abiding in Christ. But as I, as I interact with folks, that's usually not what I hear. What I hear and what I even begin to think myself is that the enemies are out there to my abiding in Christ. And, and here is what I hear in conversations the most as the enemies out there. And this goes for everybody. This is not one group over another. See if, see if this sounds familiar. The enemy is Republicans or Democrats. The enemies are the radical left or the globalists or the socialists or the Marxists. The enemy is CRT, critical race theory, or wokeness. It's BLM, Black Lives Matter, or white supremacists. It's should you get vac vaccinated or should you not get vaccinated. It's masks. We live in an area right now where tomorrow night the school district has a meeting on whether the school should have masks going back. And there are petitions, one petition for wearing masks for the students and another for not. And so there's these conflicts. So everybody has an idea. There's election fraud or election suppression. There's COVID numbers that are rising. Are they real? Are they not? Are they legitimate? There's the whole January 6th debate, both sides. There's abortion and gay marriage and on and on and on. All of these are definite enemies, but they're external. But what we've made them to be is those are the reasons why it is so hard to abide in Jesus. 
And the real reason that it's hard to abide in Jesus and fruit being difficult and not always being is our flesh, first and foremost. Let's pin the blame where the blame needs to be pinned, and it's in me. It's my flesh. All those other things, all those other things end up being things that stoke our flesh. Look at what Paul says the flesh is, verses 19 to 21. He says, the acts of the sinful nature or the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Witchcraft, you know, can definitely be like Ouija boards and satanic stuff, but the sin of witchcraft ultimately is about control and about manipulation. And I can have, I can commit witchcraft just by trying to manipulate and control situations and people and circumstances. But look at these next ones and tell me that the external forces out there are not affecting my flesh in this way. Look at this. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. Okay. (laughs) Do you see those at play in lives? All you have to do is look at the list that I shared and what it produces is that list. Drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. The main enemy to abiding is our flesh. But the climate that we live in All of these external things stoke these desires. And most of these, I would argue, and this is where I believe I need to be pastoral for a moment, most of these are stoked in the media that we consume. Media for our country and Christians are no different. Media is something that we have come to abide in. And likely we abide in media more than we abide in Jesus. Let me say that again, because this is, this is really what I believe pastorally I need to address for myself and for all of us, that we abide in media. And I believe we abide in media more than we abide in Jesus. And what happens when we abide in media more than Jesus is that is what we will begin to produce as fruit. Because, read with me that main idea again. Fruit is the proof of what we are abiding in. So let me ask you, do you feel in any way, especially over the last year and a half, that hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy have, have come more in you and in our midst? Because if those are developing more, that means that we are abiding not in Jesus, but we are abiding in the flesh. And media may be one of those things that has influenced us and has caused us and caused fruit to be developed in that way. 
So I'm going to throw out a challenge for us. Challenge for me, challenge for all of you, if you choose to accept. So it's kind of like uh, Mission Impossible, you know, kind of thing. Here's your mission. Here's a challenge, if you so choose to accept. Let me challenge us to engage in a two-week fast for media. A two-week fast for media. The media that we abide in. So, I don't know which direction you go. If you're a cable news person, it may be fasting from CNN. It may be fasting from Fox News or Newsmax or OAN or whatever it is. But just not have it on. Don't listen to it for two weeks. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's amazing how much those things will influence us and how much we abide in them. Even good things like blogs, and, and, and hear my heart on this, even the pastors that you listen to or the books that you read or the prophecy updates you hear, fast from them all. And instead, fa- lean into one thing, and that's Jesus. His word, prayer, Worship, listening to what the Spirit would say. Because if you're like me, and I think a lot of us are like me, we would have to honestly say we abide more in media than we do in Jesus as far as the voices that we listen to. And you may argue, oh, but those voices are good and they're leading me to good things. Well, let me ask you this. Are you willing to just say, all I want to do is hear the voice of Jesus? I believe that if we lean into abiding and we we just say two weeks, I'm going to put it out, that, that we may begin to see a difference in the fruit that is being born in our lives. Because look what happens when we do lean into abiding. Verses 22 to the end. But the fruit of the Spirit, what the Spirit enables us, what the Spirit enables us to produce, not because I'm doing it, but because He is doing it, is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Stark difference to the list up in verses 19 through 21, isn't it? Those who belong to Christ, or against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And so, since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. And the way we do that is to abide and abide, 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 so that we do not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Fruit enabled by the Spirit is what flows out of our lives as we abide. There's very good evidence from the original language that all of the, there's nine fruit of the Spirit there, that all of them flow from one, and that is love. That 
that joy is an expression of love and peace is an expression of love and patience is an expression of love and kindness is an expression of love and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, all of these are expressions of love, which when I think about it, it makes a ton of sense to me because what does Jesus say in John chapter 15? He said, this is my command, what? (laughs) Love one another. If he says, abide in me and you will, I'll abide in you and, and there will be all these things, And what does he say more than anything? Love. Love. I'm in the Father's love, and the Father's love is in me. You remain in me, and you obey my commands. The love of the Father will be in you as my love is in you. Love, love, love. All of these ways will be expressions. The rest of the fruit of the Spirit will be expressions of the love of God flowing through us. Fruit. Read it with me. Is the proof of what we're abiding in. You know, in the past years, you may notice over in the backyard of the parsonage, in the past years, there's been a uh, little garden that we put up, a little four by eight raised bed garden. This year, we didn't put anything in, except the only thing I did was I put the fence up because the strawberry plants that were there before came up. And so... Wanted to see if we can get a few strawberries out of that. And that's the nice thing about strawberry plants. They kind of do their own thing. But what surprised me recently is all of a sudden, we began to have some cherry tomato plants that came up. And there's four or five cherry tomato plants, and a couple of them already have little green cherry tomatoes on there. And it was kind of humbling and exciting at the same time because I realized I had absolutely nothing to do with that. That was just decomposing cherry tomatoes from last year. And the seed took root, and here come these plants. And it, I think it illustrates as we close just a simple reality that fruit is the proof of what we abide in. I didn't do a thing. It happened by itself. We are going to produce fruit. The question is, what kind of fruit are we producing? Are we producing the life and the character of Jesus as the Spirit enables us, the works of Jesus, are they beginning to flow out of us in greater and greater ways? Or would you say, the fruit of my life is something other? And if it is, here's the good news. The Lord welcomes us in, and the Lord has given us this gift called repentance where we say, oh, Lord, I've been abiding in things other than Jesus. I'm seeing it now. I'm going to... Make some changes. I repent of it. Make some changes. I want to abide in Jesus. I'm going to lean into prayer. I'm going to lean into the word. I'm going to lean into his voice. Lean into worship. Because Holy Spirit, I want you, you, you to produce this fruit.